Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Better Call Saul, Season 4, Episode 8, it's called Kushata. So full spoilers for the episode, as always. So, last week of course we had thoughts as to what Kim was doing with all the pens and the paper, right? And we didn't quite know, we knew it was a plan, we knew it was for something illegal, right? <laughs> but we didn't yeah. know what. And Jimmy goes on a trip, right, at the start of the episode. He's on the bus and he's taking all the stationery. Like, oh, that's all the stationery. And he starts writing things. And I'm like... And I, I, I this proved... I, you know, I threw this out really quickly because I, I thought about it. But I was like, is he trying to prove that he wasn't involved and he was away, like, around the country? And he's, he's going to write postcards and shit from... A, like, but I was like, no, that doesn't make sense. He's got a record. He's got a job. Like, no one can, you know... Yeah. So it doesn't work. Um... But then I noticed in the scene that he was intentionally holding the pen weird to make it look it was different yeah. handwriting. He was he was trying to alternate pens and handwriting styles. And then of course eventually he starts just paying people on the bus to pitch in because he's he's well, handwriting. So kind of wake up the next morning and half of them are asleep and then they just come over. It's like yep, here's your money for you know, mm-hmm. ten or whatever it was. So uh, and he gets to this post office uh, in Louisiana, middle of nowhere. And uh, we just that's where the, you know it cuts to the title sequence. It just cuts there. And we find out this is all part. It's essentially a heist episode, but the, the, instead of breaking into something, it's about just proving to the district attorney that heals this saint, and everyone's going to come and bat for him. Because ultimately, what they do is is they send all these letters to the judge, who is pissed off that he's getting all these letters. He's like, hey, "Who are you prosecuting, Santa Claus?" Like, you know, all these all these letters. He's just got baskets yeah, and yeah. baskets of them in the office, and. And we see him, you know, we see him go to a scene in the, the you know, the behind the the, the parlor where he's he's got all these phones set up, and I'm like, he's like setting up all these phones to sell them or something. What's going on? Like, what, what's this? And it's all this big. That's where I say it's like a heist, a heist story because it's all this plan that you're not quite sure what's going on yet until you see it actually happen. You see it in act, yeah. And then you put it together and you see all the the things sort of come together and. So first of all, and what I liked about uh, the district attorney is that I liked that she was quite rightly pointing out to Kim that why are you bringing in like associates for this like nothing crime? This is like a such yeah, a... like four hundred dollar an hour people for a pro bono case. Yeah, why do you care so much about this? And then you know it goes to the judge and he's like livid that he has to deal with this. This this better not show up in my courtroom. You know I'll I'll be really upset with this. And of course, ultimately, when she starts, you know, they, they take something to her, her staff and they all start going through all the letters and they're looking through and they're, they're looking up details, which, by the way, the, the, the website for the church that had like 100 photos of Huel, uh, the artist formerly known as Mo, uh, they had him like, you know, painting the, the church walls and helping the poor and, you know, serving mm-hmm. food and d- doing all these various activities. Um, but they had, some of them had phone numbers and they, they ring some of them, some of them don't answer. And then some of them do. And you hear, like, a woman's voice, and she's sort of putting on this accent, and you're like, who's this? Who's this? Because I, I got the... Because the first guy on the phone, I'm like, okay, that was probably Saul putting on an accent, but who's this this woman? And it finally cuts to Saul's office, and he's got the, the, the camera crew that, he, that he's had for a couple of seasons, and they're helping do the voices and keep track of all the phones. And he's got name tags on all the phones, so this one's meant to be the church, and this one's meant to be that, and this, and... It's a whole, it's a whole ruse. It's a whole thing. It was entertaining. I can't. I can't say it, was. it wasn't. I and was then, and then it. it culminates with her phoning the. She gets okay. That's the church number. So mm. he pretends to be the pastor. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, he, make, he makes up a bit of a bit of a tall tale. I think. You know, well, say, yeah. Oh no, the fire. 
yeah, there's a lot going on there, but ultimately the thing that really pushes her over the edge is when she's like, oh, I've got some charter buses to bring us all out to support Huel when he's in court. We're all going to show up. Yeah. <laughs> all, 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 all of us locals from Louisiana, we're all going to show up and support Huel. And that's ultimately what convinces her to to uh, go and speak to Kim. And Kim's side of all this throughout the episode is, is probably the more fascinating stuff from a drama perspective. Because, sure, the, all, the, all, the, all the details of this are all fun. They're all entertaining to watch. They're all yeah. riveting. And Kim's but... stuff doesn't really come in until the end. But Kim's stuff, like, throughout, you know, when she goes to see her the first time, and she basically, you know, says, well, she throws down the gauntlet and says, well, we'll see. I'm going to fight you on this. And there's that shot where she's walking out of the office, uh, the meeting room, and she just looks kind of like mortified by what she's just done. Like she's 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 nervous. She's she's putting on a good game face, but she's nervous. Yeah. And we see, you know, like her and Jimmy again. They're kind of separating apart. Like she's listening to music when she, and she's trying to work. And he he's I, saying, "I'm, I'm leaving." The, but I love the way the music was in that scene. It was obviously it was in her headphones. So mm. at first it was just loud. She takes them off. You can you can hear it. They talk. She puts them back on. Music goes loud again. So we're still with her, takes them off. And then this time when she puts them back on, it doesn't come back in. So, yeah, we're okay, no, we're with Jimmy now. Yeah, it's really neat. But, you know, it's the idea that she puts them on immediately. Like she, she'll finish the sentence. There's no time for niceties. It's just, no, back to work, go away. Uh, and he feels like they're separating. He feels that he's losing her. Uh, and you get that kind of sense throughout the episode. Because he, he goes to the, obviously, to, to set up the phones. And um, I can't remember her name. The, the landlady who owns the, the, the nail salon. Yeah. But... She uh, like, oh, yeah, she's mad at you, yeah, and he's like, yeah, and she gives he, him a drink. She, no, 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 and she oh. goes, I don't know. She's like, oh, she's mad. Oh, sure, you're right. That was the exact phrase. But probably the, probably the nicest she's ever been to him when she pulls out some booze and tries to comfort him and says, hey, here's some advice. You know, get some flowers, take her to dinner, you know, a nice place. Say but, sorry. Yeah. yeah, say sorry. Um, I, I love that she pointed out uh, with a cloth napkin. No cheap napkins, proper cloth napkin. Yeah, yeah, the waiter, so yeah. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, but and she leaves the bottle, and he's like, "No, I think I may be past that." And he, I think he feels like he's losing her. And I think at this point, he's he's kind of almost accepted that this has happened. And he said a few times throughout the episode, "You know, thanks for doing this. I know it's you know, it's not something you yeah. want to do." I think he says that at the start when he's leaving, he's packing his bags, and he's getting on the bus. And uh, uh, so, so this this plays out. And but there's the moment after we don't hear what they're saying. You know, Jimmy looks in the window at her talking to the the DA. Or the assistant DA, and he he goes to wait in the stairwell. And Kim comes out, and she goes out. And I actually called what was about to happen. There was just the way it was building up to it. I just get this feeling that Kim liked this, which does not necessarily go against anything we said about her worries at the end of the last episode. If anything, it makes them worse because now she's going to do it again. <laughs> she's got to test you, and we've seen her enjoy it before. When she's been pulling this stuff with Jimmy in the past, you know, like when it, when it first started at the restaurant. Which ties into uh, the scene with Mesa Verde this episode where, you know, they're going through the numbers, she's doing her job, she's just, she's not, you know, she's not messing up like she did, you know, in the, before the time jump where she, like, turned them down for a phone call, right? Mm-hmm. And then she got, you know, her ass out for it. But here, she's doing the job, and then, you know, Kevin's like, hey, that's okay, this is impossible, and she's telling me it's impossible, but you've pulled a few tricks out the hat before for us, so... So here, how about we we change the design of this building to match the one in this other state because the foot traffic there is excellent and you know and obviously in the past Kim, despite how impossible it might seem, Kim because she's thirsty and she wanted the job and she wanted to do a good job, she would say, you know what, I'll see if I can pull off a miracle. Here she doesn't. Here she says, and it's not it's not like she lies. It's not like she says something that isn't true, but she would have tried to pull off the impossible before. And here she says, 
Now, if we do that, it's going to completely move back the timetable. All all the permits we've got, all the the, the you know the zoning permits and stuff from the the locals, all of that has to be redone. Uh, everything has to be yep. redone. The timetable completely moves. And it, that and I think that was the scene that told me when it got to later on before the kiss, where I was like, "This isn't exciting her." I and mean, we knew it wasn't exciting her from before because she wanted to help the little guys and she wanted to go down and do the yep. court cases. But I was really getting that sense, you know, at the end. I like that when she comes back to see Jimmy, when he's there looking at the new office, and it's a shithole with, you know, rat problems and, you know, boards in the windows, and he comes out and she's standing there smoking, and it's very reminiscent of the, the first time we ever saw them together, it's very reminiscent from, there's, it's like, there's, there's key moments throughout the entire show where it's them standing together like they're smoking, yeah. and this is where she says, you know, he, he's like, sure, no, this is the last time I'll ever have to do it unless I promise you I'm never going to put you through this again. And I knew, it, and again, I knew where it was going. Yeah, but this is yeah. not a criticism of the show. This is this is a testament to the writing where I and, knew. And it's, exa- it's that sinking feeling of going, oh, don't say it, Kim. Don't yeah. don't put yourself in danger again. And I, I think what, what what works for me about this when she says, "But I want to do it again," and she's got a thirst for it, she's got a taste for it. What makes this work for me is when I think about their entire relationship. He always kind of was that for her, even when they were friends and were both working in the mailroom. She had this, you know, straight career path. She wants to be successful. She's going to work hard at it. But she always had, always had Jimmy there to be this outlet to be, to you know, even if it wasn't wild in the early days. But it was always this. He's the sillier friend who she can be someone different with. She can maybe be herself. Some or if nothing else, something different than what she is when she's you know working one hundred and twenty percent towards the career goals. And I think he's always been that for her. And I think. In a weird way, when they became like a proper couple and they became this actual like, okay, now now we are a couple. We're going to work together, or maybe we're not going to work together because you're going to ruin my career because you're shady and so on. When that all sort of came together, it was kind of like she, she realized, oh wait, I can't go head on into this. I have to take work seriously, and she almost rejected the way he was and made him, and not rejected him out of out of her life, but put like a wall there so that it didn't infect her. And I think. What's genius about the time jump that we had last episode is that it's been another, you know, eight, nine, ten months, whatever it's been, yeah. of her working this Mesa Verde case and being bored and just. No, that's it. I I think it's been worse for her since Jimmy lost his his law license mm. because even when he was doing just the small cases, there'd be little things he couldn't help but do, and she'd catch on to it. Ah, yeah, and, that's true. And and you know maybe it's just on the fringes be involved, but she'd be always just just there and getting enough of it. And now it's been like, you know, going cold turkey of, okay, I've not had it. And then, oh, was, you know, all of a sudden, she's addicted again. It was the end of season two um, when she basically susses out what, what he did with Chuck with forging the, the papers, right? And she's lying there in bed and she kind of says, you know, if someone did do this, you'd want to make sure this, you know, she she, she understands from a he legal perspective. better. Yeah. And that, and Jimmy gets what she's saying and he goes and tries to solve it. And that's when Chuck has his, has his collapse and that was the whole thing. But the idea that she actually likes giving the advice. She likes playing outside the rules. She just never had to do it with her own career before. Yeah, she, she always had that distance because it was uh, it's, it's his case. I'm just hypothetically saying things. I'm not actually getting yeah. involved. Yeah, you know, yeah, she's not hired. She's not legally involved in any capacity. She's that was. I mean, that woman's literally a pillow talk, right? That's yeah. all that was. It exactly. was pillow talk, um, and. But she's got a taste for it, and I, but I, I think this—the sad truth of this—is that I think this, this is part of what she was always attracted to with Jimmy anyway. But at the same time, I'm still terrified that her entire career is going to go down the toilet because of this influence, because she wants to do this. Arguably, it's why the relationship has been a bit stale for them, because you know mm-hmm. 
that's what it was. You know, she was into that, and he hasn't been able to do that for almost a year. And she hasn't been able to be that person. And she didn't realize that. She, I mean, obviously, she likes other things about him, but she didn't realize that that was such a big part of the fire. And yeah. I think this is kind of blindsided her. And that, that's the thing that gets me as well about her saying, "I want to do it again." Is like they don't have another case right now to do it with. She's just blanket because even with Jimmy, he's never like said, "Oh, I want to do a con." I may just think one up, right? Outside of like the small stuff at the, the you know the, the restaurant with her before, right? Yeah, and and you know getting the it, it's always been things that have stumbled into him. It's like, yeah. oh. I can do that to do this case, or oh, oh, that ornament's yeah, there. But oh, in ter- I could make money on that. But in terms of actual big proper cases where he's doing these big con jobs, and this has been one of the biggest, he's never went looking for it. He's always got himself into a, a bit of trouble <laughs> where he has to do it, but he never goes yeah, he's, where... He's, she, she's he, like, he no, let's find something the, else. He goes the, the legal route first. He tries it, and he's like, ah, yeah. that's not working. I'll, uh, when I say try, he doesn't try it as hard as she does, obviously. He does the bare minimum. And then it's like, all right, okay, that's not working. Let's try something else. Whereas, but he does try that stuff first, at least to a, a basic degree. So if you go back to last episode's discussion, and we were talking about how how terrified we were that Kim was going to be, uh, you know, dragged down by Jimmy, and our career was going to be kaput. What I think is interesting is that it's perhaps even more depressing and more more soul crushing that not only is that still going to be the case probably, but she kind of wants it. Yeah, I, I think it's worse that it's not this case that Jimmy's got her dragged into and she's had to help him out, and that's the one that does it, that, that went wrong. Like, we were maybe thinking it was going to be. Yeah. The idea that, okay, she could stop now. She's done. They got away with it. She could be fine, but she's so into it that she's going to go out and find another one, and then eventually one of these is going to go wrong. Yeah, and obviously that makes her a bit more culpable and compared to the original scenario we were talking about last week. But at the same time, I still think it's his influence. It's still his oh, presence yeah. in her life has led her down this path and what she's going to do. It's kind of like how in Breaking Bad, like Walt was a cancer to everyone around him. Right? That was kind of one of the big yeah, metaphors. It's, it's not Jimmy's not actively, consciously making her life worse. But yeah. just like you know, it's his influence. You know, she, him being the way he is. is it's just yeah, just being him. He's, he's not actively trying to do it to her. He's just being him. No, it's it's not malicious. Oh, no, of course not, yeah. That, that's kind of what makes it a tragedy, because you still want to like him, because he's not an awful person. He's not He's not trying to get her involved that much. I mean, he, he, he dragged her into this one, mm. but he's not trying to bring her down. It's, but now she's like, no, I'm going all in on it. And, and even then, he didn't try to drag her in at all. He, he uh, well, I mean, he kind of did a little bit, but he accepted, no, you don't want to be a part of this, that's fine, I'll do my thing, you'll do your thing. She then said, hey, I've got well, an idea. idea. That, that yeah. was her that kind of step back over the line if you will yeah so no it's uh it, it's, it's a tragedy we've been saying this since the start of the show but the whole thing's a tragedy and it's going to be heartbreaking yeah. um because for every every stupid thing Saul does his heart always feels in the right place and for every time he does something that's a little bit malicious and you just can't quite get on his side with it you know like you know having the old lady be hated by all of her old lady friends he then has to turn around and admit what he's done and throw throw his basically his entire plan away because he just can't live with it so heart of gold and all that so uh mike jump over to mike and uh gus uh mike Mm. takes takes the boys out to a strip club Uh, i actually thought they'd drive because i assumed they'd maybe drive them in secret to another city and then have them be out in that city or something like that that's what i'd have done if i was gus yeah but instead, it seems to be relatively nearby. It's you know, it's not a you know, it's not a different city or anything like that. No, because they're still worried about them being recognised. Yeah, or remembered. 
and Kai's a bit of a dick and gets thrown out and Mike, you know, obviously Mike doesn't want the police to be phoned so he steps into the bouncer and says like, hey, here's some money, he messed up, let me make this right and he, you know, he talks the situation down. Uh, but the big thing, of course, is that the head honcho, uh, he, he's not enjoying himself at the strip club so Mike takes him to a bar, a quiet bar to have a drink and they're, they're bonding and they're talking about their fathers and legacies and uh, turns out this guy's dad helped build the, the opera house in Sydney, little known mm-hmm. fact, and you know, it's, so they're talking, they're talking about this, and uh, this guy's ordering a beer, a German beer, and he mispronounces it, and he kind of steps in, and you know, he says, oh, it's on me, you know, it'll, you know, it'll be nice, yeah. and Mike leaves him, and like, okay, he's going to get to talk to these people, and I was like, I it's, feel like as this soon is- as he leaves, you're like, oh, this is going to go wrong. Yeah, something bad's about to happen. And Mike comes back, of course, and he's sitting there and he's talking about construction, about the you know almost the puzzle of of excavating an underground you know foundation so you can build something. And at first, I was like, he can't be dumb enough to actually be talking about details of this place. Like you know, it's one thing for him to mention he's in construction and talk about, uh, oh yeah, this this is when I built a skyscraper in whatever country, you know. Yeah. But I'm like, but we never hear like specifically what he's saying to that extent, and. When Mike confronts him the next day, you know, he quickly pulls him out of there. He, you know, he comes up and says to him, and he realizes what he's done. He apologizes, and Mike makes it very clear. Just think what might happen, given how much trouble Gus is going to to make sure no one knows you're here. What happens if you blow that cover? There's a there's a moment when he's talking to him here. He's like, no, no, no. given the man that we work for, and I, I wasn't sure if he told Gus or not. Mm. I wasn't sure if he was almost covering for him. Like, I'm going to give him the one chance. Because, you know, Mike kind of respects and likes this guy. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to tell Gus. I, I thought he was going to give him this warning himself, make it very clear where yeah. this might go, should he mess up with this again. Um, but, sure enough, we get a scene where he tells Gus. And Gus actually asks him what he thinks. And Mike kind of vouches for him and says, I think he's good. And I, I, it's actually the first time in this entire show where I've went, is Mike making a mistake? Because he likes the uh, guy. No, it is the first time where you you don't necessarily trust his judgment, mm. uh, and it that's is a good unusual. Way of putting it. Trusting his judgment—that's a good way of putting it. Because normally, Mike's judgment is impeccable. Yeah, and and this time, I I don't know. I can see mm. that he, he's just—he's too friendly. He just likes talking to people, and I don't think he'll intentionally do something. I can see him slipping up again. Yeah, and then yeah. Gus is gonna have to kill. Oh, no, Mike's gonna have to kill him because Mike vouched for him, and that's gonna be sadder. Yeah, that's gonna be the sad ending to this. Because I, I don't think he intended in killing them. Because why would he go to so much effort hiding them if he was going to kill them at the end? Um, no point. No. Yeah, but I feel like it's going to end badly now. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. So many things in this show feel they're going to end badly. So I guess that's not a surprise. But a lot of them do, though. Yeah. So no. Um, so, that, so that's a shame uh, and I can see this Mike kind of becoming full, it, it reminds me a lot actually of uh, remember Half Measures and Full Measures from Breaking Bad, that mm. speech he gives to, to Walt and that how that was the big yeah. sort of pinnacle what, what, probably, I remember actually that, that those two episodes at the end of season 3 were kind of like, I was loving the show up until that point, it was a fantastic show but I remember that like sort of reaching a new height for me, that was like where oh shit, you know this, this, they just kept getting better basically um, mm. and I feel like this is kind of harkening back to that because this was a half measure. This was, you know. So if you remember that speech, he 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 ended it so, uh, roughly along the lines of no more half measures. And I feel like that's going to come to play with this guy here. I feel like Mike is going to have to go full measure. To, yeah, I can see it. To phrase it, so um, and I would jump over to Nacho. 
who I've not seen in a couple of episodes. And interesting, this is the first time I've seen him, I think, since the time jump. Yes. So we see that he's still kind of been running the neighborhood, the the, the local Salamanca crew. Yep. And we see he's kind of kind of kind of vicious with the, the the one guy who's a bit light on payments, and he gives the guy you know the other guy shit for not doing it, uh, ripping out his earring. Uh, yeah, very much. We we saw this happen with him in the in the front seat last season. Yeah, we did. Yeah, you're right. Um, and we see that he you know he clearly wants out. We know he's trapped here because he's kind of a double agent for Gus because of this you know the whole thing that we've had all season. And we see him go home. And it, it occurred to me that I've not really we've not really seen much of his home life before. No, we only have a son with his with his father, really. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're here. You know, there's, there's two women here who he's got drugs for, um, and they're very nice to him. Pretty but fancy he, looking house. Yeah, obviously he's doing well for himself in this in this business, but it mm. feels very hollow, right? You know, he comes home, and you know these these two are wanting to make food for him, and it's it's very, uh, just very very surface level. They're there because they want money and drugs, but you know, and they're, yeah. they're they're doing whatever to keep that appearance up. And he just he just doesn't even say it to them. He just walks into his his room, and he's got a big giant ass safe, and he's he's you know putting away his money. And he sees him and his dad's uh, IDs, and he has like a question: uh, is, is he skimming some of the money? Um, maybe. I'm, I wasn't sure if he was skimming a little bit for Gus. I don't think he's, I don't think I don't think Gus is interested in skimming that way from the other the competition no, i feel like if he's skimming he'll be skimming because he's planning to run and he wants to build up a, a little nesting i uh, i only questioned it because of the the later scene which uh we'll, we'll get to in a minute oh, sure. oh yeah sure yeah because that's the big scene really uh for natural's plot yeah. here um as we get introduced to a new character um who i double checked to see if he was new because i was i had i had some second guessing myself here and interestingly this character uh lalo salamanca uh, we've never seen him before, but he has been mentioned. Right. And you would never have remembered this unless you'd rewatched it recently, because he's actually referenced in the first episode of Breaking Bad where Saul was introduced. Uh, when oh, Jesse really? and Walt kidnap him, he say, he thinks Lalo sent them. So Saul in the future knows who this guy is, and he's scared of him. So that's a really neat little like Easter egg trick there to be like, okay, this guy. I mean, you get in the scene that he's maybe intimidating. You know, he's he's making food and natural. He's, he's of... that friendly intimidate. It's the same yeah. thing Gus does. Yeah, and he he makes it clear. Oh, I mean, you won't even notice me. I'm just here to make sure everything's going okay. And we you know we end that that final shot of behind Natural's head. But what I thought was interesting is he's watching, and this guy he goes and sits next to the other guy in the front seat. Yeah, uh, but he's there to sort of enforce and. Now he's now Natural's going to be watched. He's you know, is this like? And I, I think the obvious question for him at this point is, are they not trusting me specifically? Is this why he's yeah, here? And, and the reason I asked about skimming is because they said, oh no, they they sent me because I've got a real head for numbers, making sure mm. everything adds up all right. And I was like, okay, are they've they been thinking, oh, we're missing some of the take. Like, like, okay, maybe they don't. Maybe that's why they're not trusting Nacho on a service level. Or maybe there's just enough people being late coming into him they're not trusting him to yeah. actually take care of it and that's what the guy means is that he's going to could be yeah yeah, yeah. He's, he's going to enforce that a little bit um but clearly he's, he's this big new threat I'll, I'll give the show credit because they give him the final scene his introduction is the final scene of the episode and because you, you could have easily have ended this episode on kim saying i want to do it again that is an episode ender of a line yeah it is uh, mo- most episodes would end with that line but with this the episode, end of that plot 
another plot, but they, they choose they chose to end it with this and to give this guy an introduction, to give him a real presence. Uh and obviously there's not a lot to go on yet, but I um I am worried about uh, No, I think presence is the key word because yeah. he does have it. Well he does, he does. Um he's terrified. It didn't make me hungry though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I was I was kinda I was kinda thinking, oh I could I could go for a taco. I'm like, Nacho, <laughs> just eat it. <laughs> he didn't have any dinner the night before either because they asked him for what he'd done and he just went into his room I was like what's up man does he have food I need dinner I know <laughs> bit starving I, need, I, I, I had two dinners the other day I, I can only imagine that he, he gets stuff maybe in the way into from uh, work or maybe stuff I mean yeah. he, he does actually take these it, it, works yeah. a restaurant yeah yeah I mean he doesn't work at well he works in a restaurant but he doesn't work at a restaurant if that makes any sense no no, but it is in a restaurant. It so is I in mean, a restaurant. He's got you, food You imagine there. you want food, there's going to be food. Yeah. yeah. And presumably there'll be no uh, paying for it. Also, I liked it when Natural walked in, the guy in front, uh, like just sort of giving this look that said, hey, there's someone here. And he looked terrified. Yeah. 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 You knew immediately that he was in the shit as soon as that scene starts. Yeah. Uh, so, so no. Uh, so that that was a solid episode. I, I don't know if it quite hits the 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 the, the peak of last yeah. week's, but it's probably the second best episode of the season. It's very good. Do you think? I think so. Okay, fair enough. I, I think that, I, the, know, I think the fun of the heist, uh, Kim's character progression alone, kind of. I, I liked it all. I just you know having all all three plots going was maybe a little little much. Um. Compared to some of the other episodes, where you know, where we've had two at a time. Uh, I feel like three is pretty normal for this show. I feel like we often have your. We do off. We we often have three, but the, the episodes that you that only have two tend to be the, the ones that stick in my mind a bit more as the better ones. All right, didn't yeah. feel that, but yeah. Uh, but let us know what you thought of this one in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on Twitter's at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel and the, everything we do here, head over to patreon.com slash TV and you can do that over there. Uh, but that is as otherwise. So thank you very much once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla?